Good morning and welcome to our first of 2021 Talk with TT. And I'm really delighted to have my colleague, Cole Maynard. He's Senior Minister of Colchester Baptist Church. Um, he's becoming quite well known from uh, the Facebook Live services. Um, it's thrilling that we, we have um, people from Mexico last night, from South Africa, from Australia, different parts of the world um, as well as different parts of the UK. Cole, thank you for joining us at the beginning of 2021 and uh, we're in lockdown three um, and it's quite a different experience for us as ministers um, um, and what I want to ask you as we begin, so how long have you been senior minister at CBC? Morning, Terry. Yes, well, um, I began the ministry here on the 1st of September 2018. So we moved down from Scotland um, in June 2018. I lived in the Old Manse. And uh, so we began coming along to the church for a little while and then formally began on the 1st of, of September. So that's about two and a half years. Two and a half years. And and it's been a fun roller coaster ride, hasn't it, of ministry? Yes, yeah. Yes, absolutely. I think ministry always has its ups and downs, but it's been, been interesting. A massive transition for me as well yeah. um, from, from the military context back into the civilian. Um, yeah. So Cole was for 25 years and um, military chaplain, senior chaplain? 21 years, um, but, but 25 years in the military because I served for four years as yeah. a boy in the Royal Air Force. But yeah, so I, I had nine years of regular ministry, two churches, and went into um, army military ministry in the in basically uh, June 2017, great, and then and then left in finished in tw July 2018. Brilliant. Uh, not 2017. Nine, <laughs> 97, 1997. Yeah, to uh, 2018. And um, you have a lovely wife, Fiona. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, Fiona. <laughs> Thanks for coming. I'll tell her that. <laughs> um, yeah, those, uh, Fiona, Fiona, we've been married now. Good grief! Uh, since 1984, we we met at Bible College. She was a, um, a student a year ahead of me in, in the Bible Training Institute in Glasgow. Uh, she was a young Christian at the time; had just come to faith, um, and um, and was wanting to learn more about the Bible. And um, and she met this arrogant Englishman, whom she hated initially, and eventually managed to <laughs> win her <win> around. <laughs> Fantastic! And you've got two sons. Yes, two boys. Ross, um, who's um, in ministry in, in a Baptist church in Exeter, um, and Wesley, who's in digital marketing in a massive company um, in London, right in the centre of town. Great. Both of them are married, but I have no grandchildren yet. Great. Yeah, okay, thank you. That's great to, to have you here. And we've got, we're doing a sort of short podcast, as we call these. Um, and I've got, so I've got four key questions for Cole. And um, the first would be if you could invite four people to dinner, uh, alive or deceased, which four would you pick and why? Right. I, I really, this is, I'm, I'm not very good at these kind of questions. And, and so this is me kind of through really, because I'm one of these people who's like, you say to me, what's your favourite film? I've got so many films I love. Yeah. Uh, what's your favourite book? Um, well, as a Christian, I have to say the Bible, and that is because that's, that's the only book I read every single day. And, and, and it has such an authority over my life. But, um, but it's one of these things, you know, I'm, I'm very eclectic. Um, so I had to really think about this hard. Um, so under protest, <laughs> I have um, 
the, probably one of the first people I'd, I'd like to have around for, around for a meal. And I'm not sure I'd want them all to be all together. I think I'd like to have them individually. Okay. Um, because I like to really probe their minds. Um, that probably gives you an idea of the kind of people I'm looking for. Um, would be, first of all, probably Paul, the Apostle Paul. Um, largely because he's got such a great understanding of the Bible, both um, of the, obviously of the Old Testament and then having written and contributed to so much of the New Testament. And be part of you know his his his, his journeys ministry missionary journeys recording acts. He would have so much to tell me, and there'd be the questions I have about some of his writings. I'd need to get to you know ask him um, the, the definitive answers on. And he he trained under Gamaliel, so he wasn't just a uh, someone who was has contributed greatly to the New Testament. His he is steeped in the Old Testament and understands it in a way. So he would be probably one of the first people that I want to have around for a meal. Another person um, is Charles Staple Lewis, C.S. Lewis. Oh, um, yeah. I loved his, I love his writings. I love, I love his, his sense of adventure. He's, as a, as a theologian, he would probably sit lightly on the theolo theological side in the sense that unlike Paul and some of the other people who write on theology, he's far more anecdotal, illustrative, pictorial. Um, and I love that. And I love the way that, I've just finished reading his, the classic um, mere Christianity, which I've been meaning to read for a long time. But, you know, the Narnia towns, love them. I love the way he takes you on the, on the adventure. And some of the pictures he paints, particularly of Aslan, uh, um, of the last battle, are really quite profound. Um, and I, then, then he wrote a, a science fiction trilogy, which I love, um, which looks at a new Adam and Eve um, um, in a book called Perilando and then Out of a Silent Planet. And finally, a picture of, of of power, uh, uh, demonic power in the, um, the hideous strength. And these three books are, are you know, again, really, I find uh, quite uplifting to read. And these books like um, The Great Divorce and The Screwtape Letters and all these, which are really have a lot of elements of fun and humour, but actually have some real profound truth to them. I, I just love the way he writes. Mm. Um, so I, I, Charles Sipple Lewis um, would be one. Um, then there'll be another Charles, Haddon Spurgeon. Wow. Um, and, and that's because again he's one of these characters a bit like Martin Luther and it, I was kind of on the cusp of thinking of Martin Luther as well um, with, with Charles Haddon Spurgeon because um, they are good people they're good people to, they'll be fun people to have around your table yeah. um, I mean, Luther wrote a book actually about table talk um, and of the reformers is one of the most lively but but Charles Haddon Spurgeon you know was also someone who was a controversial figure um, you know, cigar smoking, um, didn't pull his punches, was very direct speaking, a great preacher. I mean, I, I would love to learn more about preaching from him, but also the way he kind of tried to walk the, the narrow line between the liberals of his day and the hyper-Calvinists, the hyper-evangelical of his day. And, and he ended up getting flack from both. Mm. So, you know, that would be an important part. And probably the fourth person would be Viktor Frankl. Um, right. who wrote a very small book um, called Man's Search for Meaning. Um, but I read it um, about six, seven years ago, and it had a profound impact upon me. I was finishing off my master's dissertation at the time. Um, and Viktor Frankl was taken into a, um, into a concentration camp as a Jew. And he's a, he was a psychiatrist. Um, and 
the people like him, you know, had a had a role in kind of keeping the morale of people alive. And one of the things he observed is that the way people face trouble and tribulation has a deep impact upon the way they survive, what their mental attitude is. And that's what it's about, man's search for meaning. Mm-hmm. And he, he, one of his most profound comments is that people can take your liberty, they can do all manner of hideous things to you, but you still always retain the ability to react to your own way. Mm-hmm. But that is within your power and how you react to a given situation um, is 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 very very is key basically to you as an individual but also to the environment around you and um and that you know you don't have to i mean he, he spoke about people who were just lay in lay in the the the, the rows in the, in the bunks and and would give up and would just wouldn't get up and wouldn't work or those who tried in some way to find um uh in the concentration camps and the horror and the death and suffering trying to find some kind of good and something to hang on to he spoke about the way that people with deep religious faith often survived far better because they had this relationship to, to sustain them um and he, and he writes about eventually about logotherapy we need to go into that but the but the point is is this whole idea of being able to deal with immense suffering by um, choosing your reaction to it. And I think that's a message for today. Yeah. How do we deal with what we're suffer- dealing with? You know, Do we retain a degree of humour, a degree of compassion and patience, or do we simply give in and just kind of become reclusive and, and yeah. very negative? I remember uh, part of his writings was uh, when people had um, imminent hope where they thought, oh, by Easter, we're going to be released. And of course, that never happened. And then they they completely went downhill afterwards. And um, and you're right about um, choosing how we respond to things, which is a, a really good segue into our second question. I have to say, though, that all of I'd love to be a guest at that dinner with all four of them personally. They're all fantastic and interesting choices. So thank you for that. But the segue is, um, you know, it's very appropriate, actually, you mentioned Viktor Frankl and the, the, the acute suffering they faced in those concentration camps. Now, we're not saying COVID-19 is the same, but there are there is suffering, isn't there, going on? And um, what have you learned about faith and life in the year of COVID-2020? Yeah, thanks. I mean, that, 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 when I was thinking about this and on, 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 on these questions, it, it really kind of struck me that there's actually lots of things that, um, and, and not only have we learned, but we continue to, to learn. And, and one of those, I think, um, is that, you know, we have a need for human contact. Um, you know, um, God says in the Bible to Adam, you know, before Eve is created, he says it's not good for man to be alone. And man there is generic. It's not talking about man as in men, but as in the human kind. You know, God, we were created to be social animals. And so our need to for physical contact, our need for physical interaction is actually built into our DNA. That's the way we are. And um, and although you know we all like our space at times and we can have too much of a of a good thing, but we need that good thing. Um, and that's been the biggest challenge, I think, for, for, uh, for me. Um, I mean, sitting in, in my office like I am now, um, writing, preparing, um, contacting, phoning, 
you know, my, my world is shrunk to this little office. And although I go around the house as well, it's, you know, I'm not making the journeys out I would have done once. And during the early days of the crisis, we, Pierre and I went out and we did family communions with some people in their gardens and what have you. But we've had to stop that because it's just, you know, too much of a risk. Um, not for so much for us, but for other people. And we don't want to pass on anything. Um, so that that's... That's one of the things that we've really, um, uh, I've, I've found quite difficult. And I think alongside that is is the need to touch, um, and it it's been the hardest thing ever to do funerals where you can't in any way have physical connection with people. Um, it can be simply you know going around to someone's house following a death and sitting down and holding their hand. Um, being there physically, praying, putting your arm around someone, or even holding them, you know, if, if they're weeping, being there physically is 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 part of what I would do as a human being, but part of what I do as a pastor. And not being able to do that, that I've really had problems with that. That's really been so frustrating and so difficult. It's almost like you're trying to pastor, not with one hand behind your back, but with both hands behind your back, and they're tied up, and you're 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 completely wrapped up in bandages. And all you can use is your mouth and, and perhaps resume your eyes, but you're you're unable to reach out. And that is very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're unable to be present with people, um, it's very hard to minister. And, and, and you know, it's lovely. We've got the ability to, to minister, you know, through Zoom and through um, uh, Facebook um, online and stream services. This is very profound. But when it comes to the one to one pastoral encounter, you know, you really are much better to be in the room of someone in their physical, and then you can really convey that love in that physical way. So that's been difficult. So the importance of touch, the importance of social contact. And I think also the importance of singing. Yeah. yeah. How much, you know, when we open the church up, oh, it's, 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 you know, you want to, and although we, we gave up the um, uh, different percussion instruments, people can bang on what have you, um, for many people that's, a, that's so not them. <laughs> They don't want to do that. Um, but just, you know, ah, oh, I love, you know, I find it so therapeutic to worship God in the company of the believers. Um, and not to do that, you know, it's really difficult. Yeah. And, yeah. and when I'm sitting in the congregation, I I, I, I must confess, I, I, I never sing out loud, but I, I often you know, sing very, 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 very quietly into my mask. Um, I, I want to, you know, being could tell it's like someone trying to tie down your spirit and keep you from worshiping i mean that's what it is it's you know it's, it's hard i mean you, you can worship in silence and you can worship by meditation and reading scripture and that but singing requires you to let go to breathe out your 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 um your your worship and um that's been really hard yeah. so and the last thing i'd say was the importance of devotional time um Fiona and I have a have a, a regular routine. We meet first thing. She um, uh, she gets up and gets ready, and 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 I get up and, and we make a cup of tea and we sit down and we have our open our Bibles and we're reading through the Bible. Um, we've been reading through the Bible for about two and a half years. Um, we're not doing it in reading four or five chapters. We're doing it in small chunks around about fifteen to twenty verses. Um, with, with a study Bible, so we read the the um, scripture and then we read the 
commentary on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we get to the end of that, we'll go back to the beginning of the game. We're now um, at mid, um, we're in the Gospels right now. Um, so it's a long process, but it's been so rewarding. We've really deeply loved doing it. Mm-hmm. And that for us is a really good time. We touch base together, we have a cup of tea, we pray, we pray for each other, we pray for the day, and we ask God to speak to us, and we pray for those we're praying for. And then Fiona goes to work and I come up to my office. Um, so that's, yeah, mm. that'd be the four things I've probably learned, the importance of devotional times to sustain your faith. Thank you for sharing those. They're really important, all of them. Ministry of Presence, uh, the importance of singing, devotional time, uh, human touch and contact. Yeah. So the third question I've got for you, Cole, is uh, what text, scripture and hymn or song uh, means a lot to you at the moment? Well, I'm, I'm, this will be a short answer because I'm going to combine both into one. <laughs> <laughs> because um, and it's interesting because you actually spoke upon this last week. Um, and the during the beginning of the lockdown, before the lockdown actually started, a Christian worship leader in America, a young woman uh, called Carrie Joby, um, uh, was at the end of a, of a worship set, uh, a practice session with her band in, a, in America when she she felt the lines of number six come into her mind, the ironic blessing, um, number six, 24 to 26. And um, as she was thinking about this, and a tune came into her mind, and she literally, in a matter of minutes, wrote down this tune and, and to the words of the ironic blessing. Um, and then, then went to her band and said, what do you think about this? And they began to just play it a few times. And there was a kind of a dawning on them that this was something special. Now, this was about mid-March last year. And um, so they thought, yeah, this is, there's something in this. This is something special. So they, 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 they wrote the, the, the song called The Blessing. And they published it and put it out there as a, as a, as a, as a Christian uh, gospel single. And it went, you know, the, then the pandemic hit and it kind of went viral. Um, and now virtually every country in, in the world has produced its own version of The Blessing. Um, and I think I see that as, as, as both a passage that's of incredible encouragement to us as people on planet Earth, but also um, a God moment where God has given a talented Christian worship leader um, uh, you know, inspiration. She's gone. She's produced the, the music with her with her worship band and suddenly it's gone around the world because of the power of those words. And it's when people sing that, we, we, one of the reasons I find it so moving is that you know, people are singing over a blessing that God has given us. This is a divine blessing for humankind, for those who want to receive it. Mm. You know, the Lord bless you and keep you. It is, it is wonderful. And, um, and, you know, when they point at you and say, you know, for you, he, he is for you, he is for you. And that is really profound. And I, I really think that um, God has used that mightily and that verse and that song um, are a generational song for us in 2020 and 2021. Yeah, it's beautiful. It is truly beautiful. Thank you for that. My final question as Senior Minister of CBC, what are your hopes for this year, 2021? And um, if you were going to encourage us to focus in our faith in Christ, what aspect would you encourage us to focus on? Thanks, Terry. That's, that's a really big question. I was thinking about this last night um, because it is it's such a big question. And I think 
the, the my first hope will be for a, a return to actual meeting and worshiping together it's got to be that um we're almost in a very surreal environment now we haven't been the church has never been in this situation um but you know i really long for and hope for that time we get together and we don't have to wear masks and we can sing and we can embrace and then that'll be fantastic um my my fear is is that when we do come to this point is that our numbers will be limited um, to what they were beforehand because some people have allowed themselves to become very spiritually unfit um, you know people talk about the fact that they're not getting out they put on weight they're not exercising as much as they wanted to do and I think this is true spiritually and I was actually very sad and the other last week in fact talking to someone who I haven't seen since March um, who's not an old, older person though they're, they're much younger than I am with a younger family um, and I asked them if they'd actually been um, uh, have, you know, had they tuned into any, you know, has just, you know, been enjoying the stream services, and they told me they hadn't been, hadn't streamed into one since March. And I was really quite, well, I was very disappointed at that to hear they hadn't made the effort or even bothered to. And you know, as Christians, if if we have got to eat as human beings, our body will die. And spiritually, if we don't feed our faith, our faith will die. And it'd be no one's fault except our own, you know. And, and you know, I'm, I'm very much, I really believe in self-help in, in, you know, that, you know, we can only do so much for people. And that was, I found that really quite sad. And and my, my, my fear is that some people will have allowed, you know, the freedom of their Sunday to become another day and when they, where it's like any other day. Um, and um, that people, you know, won't be with us because mm. they've they've allowed their their, their faith to slide. That would be a very great disappointment. But the what I'd like to say to people in terms of how you know how what to focus on the challenges that we face. I think one of the big things is encouragement. Mm. I think we've seen in, in the polarization of, of of American politics. We've seen it in our own political situation here over Brexit and over other situations. But our, our it, People find it very easy nowadays to polarise and not to listen or to just to try and take on board some of the comments made by other people of a differing flavour. Um, and I think that's 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 a real pity. And so I've um, I've tried, um, particularly on social media, just to be an encourager. Um, I, I had to um, silence a few of people who are friends of mine because they've been so vitriolic about this, that and the other. But I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to hear their... Um, their criticism and their what and if you ever uh, try to engage it on a, on a few occasions try to bring a positive message out there and you get shot down <laughs> um, so um, I my, my my way of dealing with that negativism which we see out in our society I mean there's so many people that believe they can do a better job than the than the, than the government um, and that's fine you know but these are armchair armchair politicians you know if you really do believe you can do a better job and put yourself you know put yourself forward make make the effort don't just shout you know you know I can do better than this mm. um, and and there's so many people that you know who are armchair politicians that um, and and they're so critical you know unfairly often um, in my view because they're not fully aware of all the facts and they haven't got any of the pressures. Mm. I want to be as encouraged as I can. So I try and put encouraging messages. And both you and I, you know, put out our weekly thoughts for the week. 
Um, and I think that's a really good way. We're trying to put out a positive message out there and people need to hear good stuff, not just for criticism and nags and complaints and, you know, and everything else that's out there. It's very easy to whine and complain. You know, and I want some people to be encouragers. Um, so I'd encourage people to try and be encouragers. You know, um, we no doubt could all pick thoughts. And you, I know you say um, for every one criticism, you should give four encourage, uh, five encouragements. And I think that that kind of balance of putting positivity out there is really quite important. I think the other thing that we've got to do and focus on right now as a, as a worshiping community is patience. Um, we've got to be patient with people. Um, things aren't like they were. Um, things are overstretched. People are tired. Um, uh, and, and we've got to just be a wee bit patient um, and realise that, you know, things are, you know, I, I, on the uh, on on um, Great Hawksley, we, we were on a, a neighbouring website, and there was people complaining about the Royal Mail, about the fact that letters of theirs were coming, you know, were missing Christmas and what have you. And I've seen my postman here every day out there, you know, rain, snow or shine, you know, delivering mail to us at risk to himself going to every single household in our street. And he's doing a, an outstanding job, you know, but, you know, it's difficult. They've got postmen are coming down with COVID. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so it's, you know, they are key workers that we don't tend to remember. Um, we just need to have a bit more patience, I think, and, you know, and just tolerance and realise, you know, if things aren't as good as they, we would like them to be, well, you know, these are difficult times. Yeah. And all of that, I think prayer. Yeah. Um, pray for each other. There's, there's some people in the church who are key workers who are working in the national health system in, in this town or working in the homes um, who are really very, very tired and, um, and are really very, very stressed. And we need to be, even if we are restricted to our homes, just praying for them by name. We've got lots of nurses. We've got lots of doctors in our church. Um, we've got those who are cleaners and work on the surgical wards, you know, um, helping and assisting the, the, the surgeons. We've got those in, in our, in our, um, our Christian community who are, church, who are um, porters. Mm. Uh, and then we've got those who work in shops, who work in um, care homes, uh, you know, and who are other key workers mm. who we need to be supporting in prayer. Yeah. And so I think, you know, we may get frustrated because we can't go out the door. But those people who are going out the door, who are exposing themselves mm. and are working very hard, we need to be praying for them yeah. and um, supporting them for them in prayer. I mean, that needs to be something we need to do. I mean, I focus very much in, in on that part of 2021. I hope we're going to move beyond that. But at the moment, to me, that seems to be the most obvious thing to, to focus on. Well, it, it goes back to your kind of Victor Frankl, doesn't it, about how we sustain ourselves and others during this pandemic, and um, and uh, and it actually goes back to your scripture as well that um, it's not it's just not about me. It's about us, isn't it? It's about it thinking about why God blesses us to bless others. And um, um, so encouragement is brilliant. Prayer is brilliant. And actually, you've just picked out one of the fruits of the, probably the forgotten fruit of the spirit. Uh, in Galatians that Paul talks about, which is patience. I don't think I've heard a sermon on patience in years. And uh, and I put my hand up as probably a more impatient person. If I see a cue, I'll be out. <laughs> and uh, you're right, we do need to be 
patient, which is a kind of sign of grace, isn't it, towards one another uh, in these times. Um, so, Cole, it's been brilliant listening to you, chatting to you. And these are really, really important issues that you've raised. So thank you for that. And I mean, I'm excited for the fact that God goes ahead of us, that um, you're leading us as a man of, of faith and devotion. Um, what I'm going to ask you to do is, would you close this with a, the prayer of blessing from yes. chapter six? Yes, I would. Let me just. That's uh, for our church and all who are listening to this. Yeah, let's let's pray that wonderful prayer. Numbers chapter six and verse twenty-four and following. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.